0: Here's what's coming up on this week's show.
1: That's actually quite emotional.
0: It's really powerful, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I can
1: resonate with that so much. Yeah. yeah.
0: I'll
1: get over myself.
2: <laughs> <laughs> the Beat. Welcome to the Big Little Business Show, the podcast that helps small business think big.
0: Hey, hey, welcome to The Big Little Business Show. It's Paul Mumford over here, the lovely Claire Horsley over there. Before we go any further, if you're listening to us for the first time, or maybe you've heard us before, don't forget to pop over to whichever platform you're listening to us on right now, leave us a review, and make sure you hit that subscribe or follow button so you don't miss out on future episodes. Or make sure you go and check out some of our old episodes too, because there are lots of those. And we'll give you all the social details at the end so you can get in touch with us and carry on the conversation and talk about our chosen subject for today.
1: Now, our episode for this week is something that I think is going to relate to a lot of people because over the last 12, 18 months, we've really been reviewing what it is that we do um, for our own businesses. And I really do think a lot of people have realised the importance of actually enjoying what it is that you're doing. And I think a lot of people have come to realise that maybe they weren't enjoying what they're doing as much as they thought they were.
0: Yeah, do you know, it's really important. We were talking to Mark Deeks on the show last week and he was talking to us about how he's turned his music career into something that's made him quite a lot of money over lockdown and done really, really well for him. Certainly done more for him during lockdown than maybe it did pre-lockdown and something he said really made me think he said something right at the beginning of the episode that a lot of people went into the covid situation starting to reassess their lives a little bit Mm -hmm. and think about what's important in their lives and doing things for themselves and just making more of their own life rather than just being caught up in you know the world machine or the business machine or whatever it is and i think this relates back to what you've just said claire that a lot of people have started to reassess their situation and thought, well, actually, I want to be earning money doing what I love rather than just earning money for the sake of earning money.
1: Yeah, I, I think a lot of it actually comes down to this rat race that we, you know, the, the lifestyle that we've all had, you know, we haven't had a moment to stop and actually reflect and think about what it is that we're doing. Um, and by having that time to actually think about it and maybe, you know, sometimes taking up new hobbies um, and realising exactly what it is that we enjoy do- doing as opposed to maybe what we've been doing for many, many years. And Mark talks about that as well with his what he's doing and encouraging people to uh, play the piano and to realise the significance that playing music can have on your lives. He's done just that, but of course he loves what, what he's doing. Um, And if you enjoy what you're doing, it's going to make life a lot easier for you.
0: Yeah, and you and I have mentioned this in the past, how Mondays aren't really a chore for us. We like Mondays, whereas if you hate what you're doing... And I know you used to be in this situation in the past and I've been there before where you're just constantly clock watching and waiting for the weekend. What a horrible way to exist where you're just waiting for the weekend to happen every week.
1: I did. I just stare at the clock. I think surely an hour's passed. No, it's only 15 minutes. Um, and now I'm like, oh, my gosh, is that the time already? What, what else can I do? So it's completely flipped on its head. And on a Sunday, I can't wait. for I genuinely can't wait for the week to start. I know exactly what I'm doing And because I enjoy what I'm doing. Time doesn't make any difference, really. In fact, I wish I had more hours a day to do what I enjoy.
0: So, Claire, you do it, I do it, and there are lots of other people that do it, but there are lots of other people who don't do it. So, how do you make money doing what you love? Now, we spoke to a guy last year, another musician, funnily enough, who exactly does that but he went around the houses a bit and had to do a lot of things he didn't love before he discovered that actually the best way to earn money and have a fulfilling life is to run a business doing what you love doing.
2: This is the Big Little Business Show. Yes, and are we going now? Yeah, yeah, we're we're, we're rolling. All right, my bad. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so, I, you know, musician and a lot of things around music. So I also have a entertainment agency that, uh, where I book other groups and book events. Then, um, in addition to that, you know, we do some training, we teach other artists how to have a successful music career as well. So we do like, um, mastermind classes and we have an online course that we teach. And then, and then, you know, just, uh, besides playing live, we also like when, I, and I'm, when I say why we, my brother and I partner in most of these things, but, um, We have we create songs for TV, film, music or ads, you know, whatever the case may be that uh, need some kind of background music or intro music and that sort of thing as well.
0: So this is the uh, Big Time Grain Company, yeah? Yes.
1: I was listening today. Yeah, really good. Really impressive.
0: It's a real mixture of old and new country, isn't it, your stuff?
2: It is, you know, it's kind of, we grew up around all the old country because of my, like on my mom's side, everybody played something. My grandpa was in a, Country Western band that played every weekend, and so we were just always around it. Even though early on we weren't even playing ourselves, but then we had what you call we we call our rock years. Um, so when this all came together, we had this just this mashup of old country roots with rock years of playing rock, and then and then you know just kind of became. But we loved the sound of old country. And yet we love the energy of rock.
1: Can you remember the, the first time you identified the passion for, for what it is that you do?
2: Yeah, I can. Um, I mean, I made a decision to start playing because this band came through my high school. Uh, and that's when my buddy asked me, you want to learn to play guitar and we'll start a band? And I just said yes without thinking about it that much. But the, the real passion, I think, happened about six months later when we played our first gig we played two songs for like the entire city showed up to this town meeting thing. And it was like this complete rush. Um, and that's when I I remember going home thinking that was the greatest thing ever. Shortly after that, the band had gotten a new practice place, and that's when I discovered they had gotten a new band, too, without me.
0: Wait, so you were in this band, and then your band decided to go and form another band and not tell you about it?
2: Yeah, he was going <laughs> to tell me, but he just hadn't got around to it. And it,
0: it was oh, my this, And
2: By the way, you're not in the band anymore. Oh, okay. It was a little more dramatic than that, even, because uh, it's a small town, and you know I'd heard where this practice place was, and I was driving home and I saw the door was open. So I pulled in and went walking down these basement stairs and I'm hearing music all the way down. And I get to the bottom and there they are playing. Goodness me. And, man. and that's, you know, and they, and the worst part is they sounded good. You know? oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, and that was the point when I went home and I was, I was hurt and I was mad, but I was also like, mm. you know what? I'm going to do this. I want to do this. I, I, and that that's when I decided, you know, I, I tried to take lessons from a guy there in town. I took one lesson. He's like, no, I can't teach you what you want to know. And so I had to drive a hundred miles to get to a lesson uh, every week. Oh, a hundred miles one way. So it was 200 miles round trip. And I did that every Sunday for six months.
0: Do you think it was that uh, time when you went down and saw your, all your friends in their own band and yeah, they kind of abandoned you a little bit? Do you think that gave you the kick up the backside that you needed?
2: Exactly. Yeah, I'm sure it did.
1: We talk about this um, a lot in business that very often we have defining moments where something happens and it really pushes you to your limits and it's shock. And I mean, how did you feel? I mean, what was your first feeling when you realised what was happening to give you that? determination and commitment to drive 100 miles one way to have your lessons
2: first feeling was rejection second feeling was anger third feeling was I was going to show them and -hmm. that was all replaced by forgetting about all that and just I, I loved playing guitar at what point did you think do you know I want to do this for a living I think it probably happened after probably about six months of those lessons and starting to realize I was really getting good. Um, and, but that was, you know, and that was the time right around the time that I was having those conversations with my dad that we discussed about, you know, college, I wanted to go to school for music and, and, you know, he's like, well, you the only way to make a living in music is being a teacher. and And I didn't want to do that. And he said, well, you can't, you know, you can't, you better have a backup plan. And, and, uh, I mean, I listened to him. I went to school for business for a few years and played on the weekends every weekend with this group that had picked me up and was traveling all over the place. About two, two and a half years into that, we made a decision as a group. We were going to just do this full time and and go after it because we'd been having a lot of success. An agent had picked us up and we were scheduled to play this place our first week, for which was six nights. And it was actually here in Kansas City, even though I wasn't living here yet. And we get in there on a Monday night and sound check and get, get get ready to go and play the first night, and wake up the next morning to a call from our agent saying we'd been fired. <gasps>
0: <laughs> and, uh, and so oh no! <laughs> he said
2: said we weren't heavy enough for the place. Is uh, they were used to a lot heavier music in there, and and we were just like, what did we just do, you know? Because like some of the guys had families and they quit jobs and we'd, you know, we quit college and all this stuff to do this and then get fired the first night. And then at the end of, and then the first week, next week, we went to Oklahoma and played a show for four nights or a place for four nights. And it just went amazing. And launched us for like a four and a half year run where it's all I did. The next big hurdle in my life came at the end of that when the singer walked out. And that's when all of a sudden my dad's words came back in my head. I remember. And so I spent the next 15 years going through three different backup plans. I went to work for the agency that was booking us for five years. And I went to, I uh, sold vitamins for five years and then I had an advertising company for five years.
0: And did they all suck? Did it, you just had no passion for doing it whatsoever? Or did you, did you sort of try and think, Oh no, I could get into
2: this. I tr- Yeah. That's the thought I had. I tried, thought I could get into this. Um, I remember, you know, when I was that first that first five years, getting an opportunity to play a little bit with my brother in another group. And I almost said no. And and my wife was like, you are going to regret that the rest of your life if you don't at least go do that. So we did something on the side back then, even that. But but it was never a it was never one of those deals where I thought this could happen again.
0: But there must have been a point where you tried all these things and you thought, no, actually, I can't get rid of this itch that's inside me. Uh, I I need I need to go scratch this and I need to think about turning this uh, into something that can pay the mortgage, because for me, it was radio. And when I was at school, um, that's all I wanted to do. I wanted to be a DJ on the radio. It's a Similar thing to you. My dad sat me down and said, "Yeah, there's that's not a career. It's yeah, it's, it's a hobby. You yeah, know, do it for fun. But you yeah, know, go and get a real job." And I did that for ten years. I got a real job. I was a graphic designer for ten years, and then I got an opportunity to work on a radio station, and I, I leaped. Your kind of story is fairly similar because even though uh, you tried to do other things, there was you know, that
2: itch was still inside you, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, and it was that. You know, I was in that five years with that advertising company and it was just sinking. I remember thinking just, i was sitting in my studio. I'm like, oh, I cannot do this anymore. If I'm going to go under, I might as well go under playing guitar because this sucks. I bet it was tough for a while though, wasn't it? Oh yeah. There, there was a point we actually almost lost our house ourselves. And I mean, just, it was, there were some really rough points in that. But before I made that decision, we'd already started Big Time Grand Company. hmm and my brother had this suggestion. He says, you know, we, we had this long-term friend. He says, I think we should ask Brian to, you know, just kind of keep us in check. You know, being brothers and partners and stuff, it's, it's, it's good to have an external voice there. And, and so we started meeting with Brian and Brian was actually wanting to start a coaching business anyway. So we were his first experiment too. And Brian's the one that really got our headspace in the right spot. He got us thinking ways we hadn't thought before. He got us believing ways we didn't believe for just expanded our thinking and our belief in ourselves. And and we just learned so much going through that process that that caused this almost this vacuum to start happening where we were attracting bigger and better things to the group. Not just financially, but just with <laughs> the type of shows we were playing. You know, one in 2015, we got the call to play the World Series celebration when the wow. Royals won here in Kansas City. Gosh. And there was 800,000 people with that deal. Goodness wow.
1: Was that one of those defining moments where you think, actually, this is going quite well?
2: <laughs> this yeah, is going quite was, well.
1: Yeah. <laughs> 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 I could so way to say it. I, I could do so this.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When you look out and all you see for as long as you can see is heads. Yeah that's that's that was an experience and uh i love the process of pe- playing music with other people and the the energy that feeds off mm-hmm. of not just with each other but the the audience too
0: what you just said there kind of runs through uh your uh, your whole life really uh from the point where you sort of decided that music was for you right to the point where you picked it up again after having you know all those failed little careers what's really important and why we asked you to come on the show is because it's really important to find your passion and make a business from that passion because you spend a lot of your time working you spend a lot of your time earning money it makes the world go around so yeah you might as well do something you love and like you said earlier on about if i'm gonna go down i might as well go down playing the guitar
2: yeah for sure
0: so how have you managed to turn what you love into something that you know keeps the yeah keeps the bills being paid
2: yeah. So, and that's a really good question. <clears throat> so the keys are always treat everything like you do like a business. And I think the, I think the reason people a lot of times will struggle, struggle turning their passion into a business is because they love doing it so much they'll do it for free and so then they discount it. This is easy because I've put the time in. This is easy because I'm passionate about it. This is Just because it's easy for me doesn't mean it doesn't have value for other people. And even though those backup plan years, you know, there was a lot of highlights in those years still. I mean, I'm not, it it wasn't all bad. I learned so much from that. And a lot of what I learned turned to actually played into us having quick success with this. I learned a tremendous amount about people skills. I learned how to run an organization with the vitamin deal. Um, I learned how to book bands with the agency I learned how to market with the advertising company. All those things have played into a successful music business now. So I'm grateful for all of it. Yeah. Uh, And at the same time, I I can instruct and teach somebody that doesn't want to go through all that. (laughs) <laughs> to get there yeah. a little easier than I did,
0: did you know Claire I was fr- fr- something I've found out since we've been uh recording and doing this podcast is there are lots of common threads aren't there and this is not the first time what Chad just said we've heard this a few times haven't we about how all the stars align and they they all come together in the end
1: yeah I was literally about to say that you can tell we we work together quite a bit um the the journey that you've had over the you know, X amount of years, and, you know, a long time, each piece is like a jigsaw, a piece of a jigsaw that comes together to form where you actually end up, and they're all important. And I, you know, I agree with what you say, Chad, that every experience I've had, if I hadn't have had that, I probably wouldn't be talking, you know, to you guys this evening. You know, you get to those magical moments which, you know, create the butterflies, and I still have that, like, I've been... Uh, 2013, and you know, I still get the, the little... Whatever it is, I <laughs> don't know what the word is but that moment. Stop laughing, Paul.
0: <laughs> it is, no, it is, but I totally agree with you. It is butterflies. And I think it is uh, because radio is my passion and it's and music is my passion and it's what I've done for, like, 30 years... Whenever I sit in a radio studio, or I go to record a radio show, or I do something like this, it's like oh, I love this. This is great. I'm doing this for a living. This is so fun. And it, that, but that's how it feels, isn't it? Yeah,
2: for sure.
1: <laughs> so, if, if maybe if we've got anyone who's listening who feels, you know, they're at that time, those really tricky times where they feel a bit stuck. They're not fulfilling, you know, what they've always wanted to do. Maybe they want to dip their toe in the water and look at it again. Is there any advice that maybe, you or tips maybe?
2: First thing is to make sure they've identified what their passion is. Sometimes you've, I, I found, especially if they've gone, like I've met with people that have gone so long, not in their passion, they couldn't even remember what it was. Oh, that's good. Um, the, the most eye-opening one was when it was a saxophone player that I had been friends with for years. And I, I know how good he is and how passionate he was about that. And he didn't even bring it up when I asked him what his passion was. So identifying what it is. And I think a key to identifying what that is, is to think back, okay, where, what was it I did when time disappeared? You know, what, what kind of activities? Like for me, I can still to this day, grab a guitar in my studio with nobody around and lose three to four hours, you know, Mm -hmm. and, and just have the time of my life. And I can still do that even doing some of the most monotonous things that would seem very boring and still have the time of my life. So once that's identified, that's the first step. Mm -hmm. Second step is to then say, okay, this is what I want to do. Who's already there? You know, who do I know that might be already there or might be connected to this? Who's already there and where can I get help and advice? And then, I think, I think a big, big part of this is to not get overwhelmed with all the steps to get there. Know where you want to go, but then the only real thing we need to focus on each time is what is the next step? If we just focus on the next step and not try to get out there too many steps ahead, the next step will, a lot of times will have something to do with step two and three to make it even more efficient or better, or, or there might be somebody to come along that help us with steps two and three, or steps two and three might completely change, still heading towards the result. And, and then and then it takes the stress off, you know, of thinking I've got to have this all figured out.
0: Sometimes you might have uh, a goal in your head, and I can so sort of relate to this. Sometimes you might have a goal in your head, but that might not wind up being where you finish, but, you know, the journey takes you somewhere perhaps even more exciting. I go running uh, in the morning, sort of five o'clock in the morning, I go for a run. And I often li- listen to podcasts because, believe it or not, there are actually other podcasts. And, really? Uh, <laughs> sh- sh- don't tell anyone. Um, so yeah, anyway, I'm listening to another podcast and you're on this podcast. And you said something on this podcast that literally made me stop running, get my phone out and type it out because I thought it was so awesome. This kind of boils back to your passion and your positivity and how you you knew that all the way through all the hardship that you've had, this is what you wanted to do. And it kind of boils down to this. And you said, you're never going to turn a dark room into a light room by focusing on the dark. Mm-hmm. But that's exactly right, isn't it? You've got to focus on the good stuff, not on the bad stuff.
2: Yeah. The first time I heard that statement, it turned my life upside down. I've been waiting to hear that my whole life.
1: Gosh, that's a really powerful statement. That's actually quite emotional. It's that's, really
2: powerful, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I can
1: resonate with that so much. Yeah, yeah.
0: I'll
1: get over myself.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, so yeah, because uh, th- we've talking business, but I'm talking to other business owners. Sometimes they know where they want to be, but they don't know the-, the right tracks to run on to get there. And then sometimes that end goal can feel so far away. And I felt it. I felt it as well. It can seem so far away that it's easier to take a step back to think, actually, um, the fear of the unknown is too much. And that's what often makes me feel really sad about businesses who, you know, you've got to keep going those little steps, little baby steps, and the, and and you don't know what direction you're going to go.
0: Yeah, but you're you're so right about that one step at a time. And you actually teach because um, you coach other musicians uh in ways that they can earn a living from the music industry um because like we said before with you know with with digital downloads and spotify and all those kind of uh, resources now um it must be harder for you to make a living unless you want to go out and play live i guess so there must be you've got to I guess some musicians have got to find other ways to, to to earn a living. And I know you coach people to
2: help people find those ways, don't you? I, I think we are all in one of our biggest adventures right now. I totally agree. You know, um, and I think because I think we're going to see things happen in a lot of different areas, but music included. the The fear of the unknown was something that used to really that I used to really get bogged down by that. And some things that helped me get past that were, well, number one, I start the day slow every day. I don't even touch my email or text or anywhere close to that for at least an hour. And I pray and I meditate. I can't even imagine doing it another way now. You know, when, when we, when we feel things are always completely 100% up to us, that's when it, I mean, the results, I should say. When we feel the results are 100% up to us, that's when we get depressed and bogged down and tired and and, and feel like, you know, this is o- too much. Overwhelmed. Overwhelmed, yeah. Great yeah. word. But when we realize they're not, we're only responsible for a few things. We're responsible for becoming the best version of us we can become. And we're responsible for whatever that next step is and you know and beyond that it's just it's really just treating people great thinking great focusing on the light you know not the dark mm-hmm. and they seem really simple to say but it's not always that easy because especially if you like for me i had lots of call it scar tissue of not yes. thinking that way so i had to really really work hard to break those habits of thinking, you know, thinking with up, you know, having these upper limits, you know, where, where I would just get to this point of success and then I'd start to go past it and I would subconsciously, you know, self-sabotage myself back down to where I felt I was worthy of being. Mm. And so I I read about the, the upper limit concept you know, from a book called The Big Leap, and it was another eye-opening day for me when I understood what I was, what what we we all do it. You know, we all have a point in our lives or a place in our lives in in every area, whether we're talking about finances, our relationships, or whatever, where we feel this is where we're comfortable, this is where we're worthy of being. And anytime we surpass one of those to a higher level, if we're not aware that we're hitting that upper limit, we'll self sabotage back to it that's the dark what the light is there's no limits when we talk about abundance so
0: what's next for you chad because obviously uh the music industry is not uh looking exactly the same as it was at the beginning of the year there's obviously no live music but i know i've noticed there are quite a few technologies around to sort of Turn that around a little bit. I don't know whether this is happening where you are, but certainly in the UK we're starting to get driving concerts. I know you went to a driving karaoke thing with your mum, didn't you, Claire?
1: Oh, it was amazing. Yeah, I. I to be honest, with you, I didn't even really understand what the thing was. I just, <laughs> I just was desperate to, uh, yeah, take mum out, and um, it was a uh, yeah car park karaoke. So. That's so it's probably about a hundred cars there. So we had the the live band underneath, and then the words on the top of the karaoke, and just it, even the cars were social distanced. It was an incredible experience, actually.
2: Well, I got to ask real quick. So was it every, everybody singing the song together at the car park karaoke, yeah. or that's yes, pretty. Okay. Yeah.
1: So, so they had they had the the the, the classic songs. It was the musicals actually. Uh, the part we went to. So they had the musicals there. Uh, so the band was yeah playing underneath. The words were visible to everyone to see, and everybody sung along together.
0: Um, oh, it was a live band.
1: Yeah, and then at certain parts of the song. Um, they would say it would be people beat the horns so that's
0: awesome it it's was amazing
1: cool. energy it was just fantastic wow.
0: yeah chad's writing this down you are? yeah not, <laughs> i can see. Well, we He's haven't singing. seen
1: that yet <laughs>
0: <laughs> coming to kansas soon
1: <laughs> it was amazing uh,
2: like i there's places that you can actually go play here now but there's mm-hmm. musicians that i know that are saying no they won't even get out of their house i'm sure I think I think that, you know, back to what we talked about. You know, we're in an adventure here. If if you treat life like an adventure, then the unknowns become exciting over over being fearful. I'm now to the point that I am wake up every day. I think, wow, I wonder what's going to happen today. You know, <laughs> I mean, I'm yeah. excited oh, yeah. to see what it is. <laughs>
0: right so let's uh, let's wrap up with our questions now we always finish off with a set of questions inspired by a show which I'm sure you know Chad called Inside the Actor's Studio I'm sure you've heard of that first question what's your favourite smell
2: oh steak (laughs) maybe with some bacon on it (laughs) steak and bacon yes
1: that's good (laughs) I'm going to, have to try that.
2: I mean, it's well like it's a out. heart attack in a meal. But,
1: uh. <laughs> yeah. uh, okay, so I'd like to know, Chad, do you have uh, a favorite guitar as a guitar player?
2: Well, so I mostly play Telecasters um, as a whole, Which, but I've got multiple brands. The one that I showed you, like this one here. Well, and this specific one was made by a guy here in Kansas City. That's a, that's a uh, he's he's newer onto the the market of building guitars, and he built that one custom for me. And it's just it's beautiful guitar, plays great, sounds great. So, you've yeah. traveled,
1: I'm sure, to some incredible places and played at some amazing venues. Um, but do you have a particular person that comes to mind uh, who you've met? So a famous person? Who's the most famous person you've ever
0: met?
2: Yeah, we have. We actually bought a new tour bus right before this all hit. It's good timing, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh uh Vince Gill owned it originally and then Garth Brooks' the guitar player Ty England owned it. But uh so I ended up on the phone with him for different reasons last week and that was fun. You didn't actually
0: meet but you kind of kind of digitally met. Yes.
1: Yeah. That's a new thing now. We've just invented digi- digital meeting. Yeah, yeah
2: it counts. We didn't, zoom. Okay. we didn't zoom yet, but that's next. We're, we'll take oh, yeah, our yeah, yeah, ship yeah. to the next level. You don't want to go too fast, <laughs> do you? You, you just met the car.
0: Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> a final question then. Uh, if heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? I think for me, I'd like
2: to hear God say, Well, that was fun, wasn't it? Why don't you take a nap because we're getting ready to go on another adventure
0: oh i love that that's That's good that's brilliant so we need to find out uh we needed to share some links and let us know how people can come and find you if they want to find out more maybe hear some of your music or find out um yeah how you can help people um discover what they're passionate about
2: sure yeah so the music side is just bigtimegrain.com yeah uh and then also on the the passion side of things dream big series.com this is the big little business show the podcast with bigger tips for small business
1: one of the things that really was a powerful message from this episode from chad was we talk about doing something that you love and making money by doing something that you really enjoy but sometimes you might not always know what that is and actually what your passion is and what you enjoy doing. And sometimes you do have to go around the houses and you do have to try different things um, before you actually know what it is that you enjoy. And I think this is what the last 12, 18 months has taught us, that because we have had that time to think, a lot of people now are changing the nature of the work that they do and maybe exploring other avenues
0: that they never would have done before. I think there are two things here, actually. I think the first thing is to discover what you love, if if that's not already apparent. And then the second thing is, is to work out how you can make a business doing that. And I, I defy anyone... Uh, unless it's a really, really random thing that you love doing, I defy anyone to uh, not be able to make money doing what they love. If they love it and they've been doing it for ages and therefore they're really good at it or they're an expert at it or they're knowledgeable on it, uh, then there's going to be someone else who's going to want to buy that stuff and learn from you perhaps, if nothing else. So yeah, I think there's, 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 there's definitely mileage in doing what you love for sure, but there's also mileage in making a business doing what you love because then every day. is going to be fun, and it doesn't feel like it's a drudgery to be able to get up on a Monday morning and go to work for one of mm. better expression.
1: Drudgery, good word.
0: That's a, that's the word of the episode. I think that one. Write it down. Drudgery. drudgery. Wouldn't even have
1: a clue how to spell that. But um, but learning from others as well. Learning from others as to how you can build your business. And, you know, sometimes I think that maybe people are a bit stuck. I mean, I've been there, you know, I've been stuck thinking I'm just doing what I think I should be doing. Um, and it took me many years, actually, probably 15 years to realise actually where my passion actually was. Um, and interestingly, that now that is exactly, you know, what I do.
0: And I think that's kind of the ethos of the show, isn't it? That's kind of what we do is try to help people understand things that they don't already uh, have a knowledge on by having people uh, on who can answer specific problems. And yeah, a bit of a, a spoiler here, or to let you into it's not a secret really, but to let you into how Claire and I put this show together is we always start with a question or a problem and then we put those into the show and go and find someone who can answer these problems. So it's worth pointing out that. If you have a particular issue in your own business or something you can't work out, then feel free to let us know about it and we'll go find someone who can answer that question. Because there's a fair chance if you're running into that problem, there's going to be other small businesses around the world who are having a similar problem.
1: Yeah, that's what I was just going to say, actually. I think business is a common language. There's, Of course, we all run work within different industries, but the fundamentals are very often very often the same so we've got quite a few topics coming up as well so maybe if you know of anybody within your own network who you feel could be a great guest on the show shall I list a few of them we've got coming up Paul
0: yeah let's do that
1: is it okay to turn down work
0: oh yes that's a good one
1: yeah so maybe we feel we should always always be servicing every single person that comes to us but that might
0: not always be the case and also having enough work so you can pick and choose and say well I'd like to do that but I don't want to do that and then you just pick and you do the things that you want To do, and therefore, that boils down to finding what you love and doing the things you love and saying being able to say no to the things that perhaps you don't want to do. Yeah,
1: but isn't that the beauty of working for yourself? You can choose who you work with, so why wouldn't you?
0: But there are lots of people who work for themselves who don't Mm. do that and just say yes to everything and then end up doing things that suck.
1: Exactly, exactly. Um, other one is having a niche importance, and
0: then we also have episodes. Uh, we'd love to get people on, maybe someone talking on Pinterest and how that works. Not really anything I know anything about, but uh, I know a lot of people get a lot of value from using Pinterest in different industries. So if that's something you'd like to learn about more about, then uh, we'd love to hear from an expert. If you know your way around Pinterest, come and let us know and we, yeah, we'd love to have you on the show. Uh, uh, writing a business book. I mean, I've, I've been lucky enough to write a book, not necessarily about business, but if this is something that you know an awful lot about, if you've written a business book for other people or uh, you're a publisher we'd love to hear how that works
1: yeah absolutely Um, this one too um, how to work smarter rather than harder
0: if you're a business coach or you're an expert in your field and you feel like you can answer some of these questions or help our audience with some of these Problems, then get in touch with us. Come and find us at uh, biglittlebusinessshow.co.uk.
1: So that brings us to the end of this episode. Thank you for everyone who has listened, and we're looking forward to bringing you some brand new episodes with some of the topics that we've discussed and a lot more too So you can find us uh, through our website, biglittlebusinessshow.co.uk, or you can also find us on Facebook and LinkedIn, um, and also on Clubhouse. Yeah,
0: and catch up with our newsletter, which goes out every Monday morning uh, on the episodes that we're doing or where you can find us on clubhouse or any other things that are related to the show check us out on the website biglittlebusinessshow.co.uk and that pretty much does it until next week say goodbye claire bye-bye <laughs> the beach
2: been listening to The Big Little Business Show with Paul Mumford and Claire Horsley. You can subscribe to get the latest episodes via iTunes, Spotify, TuneIn and everywhere you find your favourite podcasts. Come and find us at biglittlebusinessshow.co.uk and we're on Facebook too. Just search for Big Little Business Show.
1: I actually did a very, can I just say, I did a tiny, tiny little burp just a minute ago. Did you hear it?
0: Didn't throw up in your mouth, did you? <laughs>
1: no, of oh, course <God. laughs> No, I didn't. But I just realised I'm in front of a mic, so I hopefully didn't hear that one. Sorry, I do excuse me.